0: Thank you so much for joining me. I am really excited about this episode in which I will share with you my conversation with wife, mom, author, and speaker, Heather Creekmore, who shared her thoughts on how body image issues can affect our ability to live well. You'll find Heather's bio and links to the various ways you can connect with her online in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 45. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com. You can get a free 10-day trial of lynda.com's outstanding video courses by going to lynda.com tpw. And now let's get right into my conversation with Heather. I am so pleased to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Heather Creekmore. Heather's a pastor's wife, a mother of four, an author, a speaker, and a blogger who focuses mostly on helping women overcome body image struggles through a ministry that she started called Compared to Who? And I'm really looking forward to talking with her about that and about learning more from her journey toward making a life that matters. So welcome, Heather.
1: Good morning, Laura.
0: I'm so excited to have you here. I'm
1: happy to be here.
0: So, um, you know, for the benefit of, of listeners, you and I met earlier this year at a writer's conference in Austin, Texas, and we had such an interesting conversation about women and body image. And I really, I want to get into that topic, but first, can we talk a little bit just about how you manage your busy life? Sure. So tell me about a typical day for you what your life is like and what kind of things you, you have going on.
1: Well, we have four children, like you just said, Laura, and I homeschool them. Now they are ages three to eight. So my littlest ones do mostly playing. But um, our typical day is waking up. I try to wake up a little bit earlier than the kids if I can. You know, they get up and around and we kind of take it easy for a couple hours in the morning. And during that time, well, I say we take it easy. But They take it easy while I try to get some stuff done. Um, I normally try to do a little bit of writing, catch up on my social media, catch up on emails and respond to emails between 8 and 9, sometimes 9.30. And then we do our school between 9.30 and 11.30, takes us into lunchtime. And then fortunately, my children are so close in age that they do a lot of playing together. So for the afternoon, they pretty much entertain themselves and that allows me some more time to get... Work done, as you will, blogging, writing, um, and you know, catching up on social media, doing those sorts of things. Uh, we are a very routine family, so we do kind of the same things every single day. We eat dinner at five o'clock every single evening, and pretty much our structure of our day, I think, helps me be more productive. Just you know, knowing that there's a predictability there, I think, uh, helps the kids fall in line with what I want to accomplish every day, most days, at least.
0: Sure. And I find that interesting. I had a, a recent guest, Vanessa Hayes, who talked about the same thing that she's a very has a very routine oriented home. And I've actually done episodes in the past on the value of routines and for that predictability that you mentioned of, you don't have to be constantly thinking. Well, what am I going to do today, or what am I going to do next? Because you have these routines and kind of schedules in order, and that doesn't necessarily have to be, a, you know, a rigid, invariable kind of thing. Because that part of the fun, I would think, of having your kids there at home and stuff, is sometimes just varying from that schedule and let's go do something fun.
1: Definitely, yeah. definitely, and and you know, and even you asked about a typical day, but within a typical week, you know, there's our Tuesdays, we are gone most of the day out at the park meeting friends. We have typical days, but we also structure our weeks pretty similarly where we do the same thing every week uh, on the same days of the week. So uh, it it helps us thrive, I
0: think. Sure. And so, you know, with all the things that you have going on, I think you've sort of answered this in terms of talking about routines, but Everybody, I think, has different challenges that they uh, have to address in managing their busy life. For some of us, it's scheduling things or time management struggles. For others, it's organization of the stuff in their life. Uh, Are there any particular challenges that you deal with or maybe have already overcome and come up with ways to manage in your life in trying to get all the stuff done that you need to do?
1: Sure. I think... Really, practically, one of my first struggles is social media. <laughs> quite mm. frankly, because there's a um, a business necessity to it for me. I need to be posting on social ne- media. I need to be on Facebook. I need to be on Twitter. I need to be on Pinterest. But sometimes I have to be careful not to take that too far where I find myself sucked into conversations that will, you know, drain my energy for the morning or take up way too much time than I intended um, for them to take up. So, so managing my social media is one, but you know, the second big one, and and it kind of crosses over to a little bit more of the philosophical side, Laura, but But just recognizing that I can't do it all every day Mm -hmm. and giving myself permission to stop. I tend to have some workaholic tendencies and I have to force myself to take a Sabbath every week. And even at that, I'm kind of the sundown to uh, (laughs) sundown (laughs) Sabbath so I can get a little bit of work done every day still. But just stopping and trying to remind myself, okay, my children will only be home with me here for a certain amount of time. Getting my priorities straight on that front and um, and just remind myself you know i can't I can't get it all done today, and that's all right. there will always be more to do. leave it it'll still be here
0: tomorrow isn't that the truth it's such a tendency for some of us, and I'm one of those people to just keep going because there's always something more to be done and I had this struggle when I first started practicing law. It was really, really hard for me to leave the office with work undone. But I had to recognize it's never going to be all done. I have to just pick a time and call it good for now. And I'm going through that a little bit again right now. I talked last week about the fact that I've recently changed law firms, Uh, a huge change for me that I didn't ever think I was going to do. And I'm finding myself, maybe it's partly because we're at a a season of the year here in the United States where the days are much longer and it stays light. And I don't realize I'm head down trying to get my work done, you know, at the computer, at the office, trying to, you know, get off to a good start at the new firm. And all of a sudden I look up and it's 7.30 at night and I think, (sighs) wait a minute. It's, uh, (laughs) you know, and so I'm having to try and think about, Okay, there's more to life than work. And uh, I can pick a time and just leave and know that that work's still going to be there tomorrow. Exactly. Well, are there any particular tools you like or resources that you recommend for managing your time or, or managing the social media that you do as part of your business and ministry?
1: Well, you know, Laura, it's funny. I've, I've tried all different kinds of systems, but really what I have found works best for me is I just, we use Apple products and I just use iCalendar and I will schedule myself time to, you know, write certain pieces or schedule myself time to be on social media. And I try to stick to that schedule. My husband and I to kind of keep our schedules coordinated with him going a bunch of different ways and having a bunch of different meetings, being a pastor, but also working out of our home because... He's a pastor of a church plant, so we don't actually have a church building yet. Um, my husband and I both use iCalendar to invite each other to different events. Not necessarily because we're attending the other's events, but you know, he will use the the invite feature, so I'll know exactly where he's at and and what little bits of time he'll be home during the day. And he'll know the same for me. If I need to go to an appointment or something, he can, you know, accept <laughs> accept that appointment and know to schedule for him to be home. Uh, So I can leave. So iCalendar is really not difficult, but that's really worked out well for us. The other thing that he and I do um, on Sunday evenings, we use an old fashioned (laughs) piece of paper and we draw uh, vertical lines for every day of the week and horizontal lines for morning, afternoon and evening and we kind of do a schedule together to figure out who's going where and when to get kind of a big picture idea of what the week ahead holds uh, for us as a family. And that's something we've started doing right after we got married because uh, I would get frustrated because I wouldn't know if he had planned on studying in the evening or hanging out with me in the evening or if he had plans in the evening. We just kind of were going different directions and and didn't know, um, and for me, it was frustrating to not know uh, what his plans were. So we started doing that right after we got married. and uh, it's worked out really well for our family.
0: It's sort of like a little board meeting on Sunday exactly <laughs>
1: yeah. exactly.
0: executive board meeting to uh, plan the coming week. <laughs> what you know, that's almost a necessity anymore uh, in with families being so busy. Uh, And going so many different directions. In in your case, your children are young, so they're home and you're homeschooling them. But for families that have got maybe older kids who are going off in their own different directions, perhaps you'd want to involve them in that little board meeting.
1: The reason we originally uh, started doing it was just to make sure to see how much time we were spending together every week. Mm-hmm. I had read a book that recommended you find three spots of quality time together each week with your husband, and it sounds like that's not a lot. But when you start to look at how your week shapes up, and my husband being a pastor, he'll have meetings two or three nights a week. I used to teach aerobics classes at night, so there would be two nights a week that I was gone, and before you know it. There's five nights gone. And if your only time together is in the evening, well, you only have two opportunities left. And how easy is it to go ahead and plan dinner with friends or plan a kid's activity or something else and miss those opportunities. So it's been a marriage help as well to try to be intentional about, okay, what three time slots can we find to intentionally do something um, together as a couple?
0: What a great idea. I think if there's a theme that I've heard over the last year or so as I've worked on this podcast and talking to different people, it's, you know, 21st century life is so crazy busy. And there are so many possibilities and so many options. There's so many things you could be doing that if you're not intentional about focusing time on those things that are a priority to you, all your time can be taken up with, just things coming at you, and the, those things don't just happen. It's not like you know olden days where you know in in the evening, dad would come in from milking the cows, and the, <laughs> the family would gather around the table, and you know it does, doesn't just happen anymore. It has to be intentional.
1: It certainly does.
0: Well, um, so we've we've talked about the fact that you you do have a routine for your weeks and your days, and I love this idea of the the Sunday evening kind of conference with. With your husband to get a handle on the coming week. All those sorts of things sound great and it sounds like you've really thought about it. But I always like to ask, and for most women, I know what the answer is. I'm not sure what your answer is going to be <laughs> on this. Do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you just get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if you do, what do you do to get back on track?
1: Wow. Of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. For a while there, it seemed like every morning someone was waking up sick, nice. <laughs> you know, and that can derail a whole day uh, if you wake up to a sick child. But, you know, we have days where we throw homeschool out the window <laughs> and say, okay, forget it. We're not doing school today. We will uh, we'll catch up tomorrow or uh, in worst cases next week. But uh, what do I do? wow, I try to rest. Hmm. I really try to rest. Those are the times when I will, I I work mostly from an iPad um, with a keyboard and I will close my my iPad and try to stay away from my phone and just rest. Hmm. Um, You know, I'm I'm not, I, I veg out a little bit in front of the television, but that's not really you know a daily habit for me but on those days i will, i will do a little bit more vegging than than usual um exercise is really big for me too although sometimes that's difficult especially in the case of having a sick child or you know having a kid related uh, derailments so um yeah those those are some of my most practical go-to's i i believe
0: yeah isn't it funny that we have to give ourselves permission to rest To just put the to-do list and the electronics and everything aside. It's funny you, you mentioned about sometimes just setting homeschool aside. I homeschooled our kids for a number of years and I'm, I was pretty, Scheduled about it. I had a, you know, we had a similar routine. It sounds like to yours. We generally did school in the mornings, but there were days when we'd wake up and maybe we'd had a late night the night before because of a church activity or something, or maybe somebody wasn't feeling well. And I would just call a holiday, and we'd all lay around in our pajamas on the couch and read, <laughs> read books and just hang out. And sometimes those were such a great days and, and very restorative. And then the next day, or, or maybe the day after that, you know, you're back on and feeling much more enthusiastic about getting stuff done. So
1: Definitely. Well, the kids need a rest too. Yeah. I mean, I've realized that more than anything, we had them in public school for a little while and, and they were just tired all the time. And yeah. so that was one thing that I vowed if we were going to homeschool, that they were going to have time to rest and that I would be sensitive to when they were ready to learn and when they were just too exhausted <laughs> to go any further.
0: Yeah. It really seems like In this day and age, there's such a, uh, maybe it's the the world I live in and the professionals that I spend a lot of time around, but there seems to be such a focus on having lots of experiences for the kids and signing them up for, you know, they're in school during the year and then you've got to have them all set up for this camp and that camp and summer school and everything. And I I listen to that and I think, and when do they get to be kids? Yes. Yes. You know, was it so bad that I think I'm older than you, but certainly my, you know, my youngest child is 21 now, so I'm at a different stage of life. But when I grew up, summertime was, boy, you were up and out the door right after breakfast and out playing with the neighbor kids and building forts and kind of running crazy through the neighborhood and you didn't come home till dark. Uh huh. <laughs> and there was no camp. There was no, you know, tennis lessons or the other stuff that it seems like everybody wants to fill up every moment. We just had a great time putting on plays and making our own clubs and stuff like yes, that. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, we, we all managed to grow up and accomplish some worthwhile things. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, well, that's great. I, I do want to talk about in the, in the minutes that we have left as I mentioned earlier, you have a ministry slash business called Compared to Who. Tell me a little bit about where that came from, what that means and what the inspiration is and what you do with that.
1: Sure. Well, I actually started writing and speaking on the topic of body image about three years ago. Um, It's really come out of my personal journey with the issue. I struggled with my weight, my appearance for decades, I think I could say. Um, and really felt like uh, God had taken me on a journey here in the last six or seven years to kind of figure out what the heart of that struggle was, what the root of it was, and has allowed me through that process to kind of go back and reflect on my life and some of the things I was chasing in terms of my body image, um, chasing beauty, chasing thinness, uh, chasing an ideal uh, physical standard Instead of chasing him and really through the last couple years, I've started speaking to women on the issue and finding that a lot of women are struggling the exact same way and just really didn't know it. Um, that they thought that they, they could quickly tell you that they wanted to change, you know, different aspects of their body or wanted to lose weight, or they could tell you all the problems from a physical, uh, standpoint, but they didn't really understand how it was affecting their relationship with God and what it was doing to their heart and their lives and their ability to uh, live out the purpose that God has for their lives. So I started writing about it and just recently I've been doing a lot of speaking about it. Um, changed the name of my business to compare to who, uh, just about six months ago. So that title is fairly recent, but been having a great time just encouraging women, um, really all over the country to, uh, as I say it, not not love cellulite, but love Jesus. And and the reason why I say it that way is I feel like our culture tries to tell us that the way to find freedom from our body image issues is just love your body. You know, you just have to look in that mirror until you find something you like about yourself and then go on from there. You know, go out confident because you love your eyes, even if you don't love your thighs. <laughs> and and I think that that's kind of ridiculous yeah. <laughs> because I don't think that that's what the Bible tells us. Um, I, I think in a way that's just a form of pride. You know, you have to find something in yourself to be prideful about, to have confidence. And that's not the kind of confidence that God intends us to have. So I like to encourage women to, you know, love Jesus, not cellulite, to to not worry so much about what's going on on the outside. This physical body, we're we're not going to have it forever. It's just a temporary home. And to focus
0: on Him and find freedom in that way. Regardless of background or religious beliefs or anything else, I think every woman or most women, maybe there are some out there that don't struggle with these things, but I frankly haven't met them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that deal with these issues of body image and of feeling like their worth or their value is directly related to what they look like or how they feel they look. And, you know, this manifests in so many different ways from the the woman who is literally clinically anorexic and looks in the mirror and sees a fat person and hates herself because of that all the way across the spectrum. And it's just so interesting to me how difficult it is for us to be objective about that anyway, with respect to ourselves.
1: Certainly. Well, Just to throw some statistics at you, Laura, uh, the Dove Company did a global study on beauty in the early 2000s, and what they found was only 3% of women globally would consider themselves beautiful. Hmm. So you could kind of extrapolate from that that 97% of women – felt that there was something that needed to be changed about their body. So last summer, I thought it would be fun to do my own study. And I studied 622 women that professed to be Christ followers. So these were Christian women. And I found my uh, results were about the same. (laughs) Uh, So there was no difference in terms of how women felt about their body image. But the other interesting thing that I've run into is a lot of times people assume that they have body image issues because they don't wear a size two. Mm. Or they have body image issues because they don't have hair that's as perfect as a model's. And I I came across there's a great uh, TED Talk video by Victoria C. Model Cameron Russell, and in it at the very end, she's just trying to make some broader points. But you know, the TED Talks are very short, it's a 10 minute video. But at the very end, she says, um, What I don't admit to people is that I'm insecure. And she goes on to say that if you would assume that models, because they have the thinnest thighs and the shiniest hair and the best clothing, you would assume that that would be the most body confident group of women you'd ever meet, right? But what she says in this TED Talk is no, they're the most insecure women in the world. And I think that shatters... What most women believe in terms of body image is what I call the body image lie. Sure. If I looked like that. If I looked like her, I wouldn't struggle. Yeah. If I wore a size two, I wouldn't struggle. Yeah. And, and it's just not true. <laughs> it's just not true.
0: And it just goes to show that it's more than a physical issue. It's, it's not a physical issue it's at not. all, is it? It's, it's, it's a heart issue. It's a soul issue. It's a spiritual issue. I've made a note. I'd love it if you could um, help me find the link to that. I'd like to put sure. a link to that TED talk in the show notes. <laughs> Uh, there's so much that we could say about this. I do want to ask the name compared to who, where did that come from? I, I remember you and I talked about that a little bit in Austin. Why did you choose that name for your ministry, for your business?
1: Well, honestly, Laura, my business started off being called Working Out Love <laughs> because I, um, I'm i a group exercise instructor and I thought um, it would be kind of fun to just take women on a journey of the similarities between fitness fitness and, um, and body image struggles and, and a spiritual journey. But I realized it wasn't resonating. And, you know, sometimes when you have a plan and it's not working, you have to <laughs> change course. So, um, compared to who I had, uh, actually I saw it on a t-shirt and I did some research and found out that, you know, it wasn't owned by anyone. And, uh, it was just, someone had decided to, uh, put it on a t-shirt actually, uh, <laughs> referring to, level of craziness I think it was so it was the shirt was marketed as uh, how crazy are you and it was compared to who but I thought wow that's the question it's not good grammar (laughs) Um, but but that is the question it's who are you comparing yourself to and how how apt we are to compare our worst days to someone else's best days or compare our worst picture to the gorgeous selfie of your friend that you just saw on social media and and it's, it's all about breaking out of that comparison trap to really keep your eyes not focused on everyone around you, not focused on the mirror, but focused above, uh, focused on the Lord and finding freedom there. Yeah.
0: What a! I just think it's such a great question that has so many applications, whether related to appearance or to craziness or sure. to how well <laughs> we're managing our lives, to how accomplished we are. You know, we we judge ourselves so hard, and I think you just totally hit the nail on the head that we compare our worst worst day to somebody else's best day. We compare our Insides to somebody else's outsides, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we judge ourselves so harshly. And um, I, I just think I, you know, I, I was reading some of your blog posts in anticipation of our conversation, and I thought it was so interesting how the, several of your posts recently you've been talking about. Uh, the scariest season of all for women: uh-huh. swimsuit <laughs> season. Yeah. And, and I, I have jokingly said I have not worn a, a bathing suit in years because, for me, to go out in public. Uh, in a swimsuit would be what we lawyers call intentional infliction of emotional distress on other people. They should not have to look at that uh, partly because i haven 't have never had a tan in my life. I am just as pasty white as you can possibly be, but I just think you 're doing such great things there in talking about these things and helping women put some of these things into perspective. I was thinking as you were talking earlier about uh, how we just can't seem to be objective about ourselves. And personally, I remember growing up thinking always I was very, I wasn't ugly, but I was very plain and, you know, not pretty. And I always felt that way. But a few years ago, I was going through some old photographs of our family and stuff, and some came up from, you know, when I was younger that I was looking at that and I thought, that woman is pretty. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I never felt that way. Mm-hmm. And isn't that bizarre? And it sounds like what you're telling me is even these, you know, supermodels feel the same way when they look at themselves they don't see that beautiful woman that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it's just a, an ongoing challenge in it. And it really does have relevance to the audience of this show to the topic of productivity, because how we see ourselves has so much impact on how we face the world and how what we're able to accomplish um, the confidence that we have in, in undertaking the things that we think we're called to do or that we have, you know, that we want to do.
1: Certainly. You know, I feel like part of my personal journey, uh, looking back, hindsight being 2020, of course is seeing how much time I spent chasing thinness. Mm. Uh, the amount of time I spent at the gym or moving from diet to diet um or, or figuring out, you know, what the latest fitness fad was that would finally help me reach my goal of being thin once and for all. And And you know, it's something that I chased when I wore a size ten, and it's something that I chased when I was down to a size four. It didn't matter, but it consumed time, it consumed energy, it certainly affected my confidence, and I think more so, it distracted me from what God had in mind for for my future. I, I was kind of stuck, and my relationship with Him was stalled. Because my prayers would go something like, God, why can't you just help me get up early to go to the gym? Or why can't you help me stick, stick to this diet this time? Then I could just solve this body issue and then I could just move on and then I'll do whatever it is you want me to do. And it didn't work out like that, Laura. They, I think what he wanted me to do was, was lay that down and realize I had made that an idol. That was something I was pursuing because I thought if I could just look like one of those models, then I would have have everything I ever wanted in life, then I would be free, and then I would be happy, and then you know i could I could move on to the next thing and and that's not the way idols work; they get you to one accomplishment and then there's another accomplishment like i like I see at the gym all the time, I'll have women that will lose the weight, but you don't just get to sit on the couch after you lose the weight, <laughs> you know or or they get that six pack abs going. But you don't get to relax after you meet that milestone. Beauty is a liar. <laughs> yeah. but, but it also, it it's just holds out a carrot on a string and it has you chase it. You, you'll be beautiful if you just go this one extra inch. Okay, just one more inch. You're almost there. Come on, come on. One more inch. And it, it just keeps us, it keeps us chasing the wrong
0: things. Yeah, And it, I think it keeps us, um, it, it's a distraction, as you said, from really accomplishing the things that matter. Yes. But it also keeps us isolated from each other because we feel inadequate or we feel like other people maybe are judging us as harshly as we're judging ourselves. And so we put those walls up. And I think it affects relationships on all levels. Certainly. Such a, such a huge issue that we, I guess we're, we're ne- we can't resolve it or cover it in depth in a, a short podcast, but I know it's an, an ongoing, project or passion of yours that you're working on and, and, uh, you have a lot of things going on on your blog and elsewhere. I'd love it if maybe you'd come back another time in a few months and we could talk about this some more.
1: Sure. That'd
0: be great. In the meantime, what's on the horizon for you? Do you have, uh, you're doing speaking. You mentioned you have books coming out. What, what sort of things are you doing on this front?
1: Sure. Well, I, I am doing a lot of speaking, and I'm uh, I'm booking for next year right now, uh, mostly to groups in the North Texas area, but I do do some traveling. I've got family across the country, so I try to kind of glom on speaking events with visiting family. Um, I have written a book that uh, my agent is shopping to different publishers right now, so I'm just uh, prayerfully waiting for that ever-elusive uh, book deal to come through. And I'm working on a devotional that but I'm planning to self-publish here within the next month or two. Uh 30 days to body image freedom is what it's tentatively titled, but I'm hoping to have that available through my blog at comparedtowho.me uh within the next uh, month or so. So uh wow. that's that's what I'm busy with this summer.
0: All right. And so uh and I will put links in the show notes for these sorts of things. Where's the best place for folks to connect with you online if they want to hear more about what you're doing or, or just connect in general?
1: Probably at my blog, which is compared to who.me. Okay. Um I'm also on Facebook at Compared to Who, and I'm on Twitter and doing a lot on Pinterest now, too, okay. all at Compared to Who.
0: All right. Well, and I, as I said, I'll put links to all those things in the show notes so, f- so folks can reach out to you. And follow what you're doing and and, uh, maybe get the announcement when you you release that book. Uh, Do you have any last words for the listener who might be maybe looking for help in getting things done and making a life that matters and dealing with some of the things we've talked about?
1: Well, you know, the one thing that I believe has made the biggest difference in my busy life is setting aside that 10 minutes, 15 minutes every morning just to spend with God. It's amazing when I am disciplined and do that, how the rest of my day just seems to have more time in it. Also from a body image standpoint, taking that time out every morning you know our first tendency is you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning and sometimes you walk away thinking ugh and that's what you're left with to deal with the rest of the day but I found when I take that time in the morning and uh, spend it focused on him that uh, it's easier to face the mirror as well
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that,
1: that, that's what's helped
0: me great advice well thank you so much Heather for uh, taking this time to uh, to be with me this morning
1: it's been my pleasure
0: I am so grateful to Heather for taking the time to share her thoughts on body image and how it affects our lives and therefore our productivity. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Heather? Is there anything she said that particularly resonated with you? Uh, We would love to hear from you on that. So please feel free to ask your questions or share your thoughts by going to theproductivewoman.com slash 45 and scroll down to the comments section. You can also share comments and questions on the Productive Woman's Facebook page. I monitor and respond to both of those. And if you have questions for Heather that you'd like to share there, I'll make sure she sees those as well. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. If you enjoy the podcast, I would very much appreciate it if you'd consider rating and reviewing The Productive Woman in iTunes or Stitcher. Links to subscribe or rate and review are available in the show notes at com slash 45. And it really means a lot to me to hear from you those ratings and reviews, well, they matter for purposes of making the show more visible in iTunes and on Stitcher. But more important for me is hearing from you the feedback that lets me know whether I'm on the right track or need to be, you know, tweaking what I do here. So I appreciate whenever you take the time to leave a, a little review. I want to say a special thank you to Vivian Lindsay for her very kind comment on a recent episode of the show. Uh, I won't read the whole thing, but among other things, she said, you have such a nice way about you and your topics are always right on point. I would recommend this podcast for all women. You give so many great tips. Thank you so much, Vivian, for those encouraging words. It really means a lot to me to hear from you. And I thank you very much for that. Before we wrap up, I do want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, lynda.com. And that is lynda, L-Y-N-D-A dot lynda.com is the place to go for high quality video tutorials on a wide variety of topics. They have over 3000 courses all taught by industry experts with more being added every week. The courses cover all skill levels from beginner to advanced and, you know, as we're going at least in the United States, we're going into the summer season, Uh, maybe the kids are out of school and uh, you've got some time where you're not running, you know, carpool all the time. This might be a great time to consider learning a new skill or maybe expanding your knowledge in an area you already know a little about. At lynda.com, they have courses on just about any topic you can think of. I mean, they have tutorials on public speaking, on time management, on leadership, photography, all sorts of tech-related courses, computer-related, all those things. You get access to their entire library of video courses for one low monthly price. So you're not paying per course, but just per month and whatever however much time you have to watch these courses and learn from them. You get that all for that one price and listeners of the productive woman can get a free 10 day trial by going to lindacom TPW for the productive woman. Uh, And during that free trial period, you get unlimited access to their library. So you can listen to watch as many of these courses as you have time for in the 10 days. So give it a try by going to lynda.com slash tpw. And let me know what you think after you've checked them out. I'd be interested to know what courses you watch, uh, what you think of them. And thank you so much to lynda.com for supporting The Productive Woman. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Heather. I hope you found something in the show that is helpful to you, that encourages you uh, as you go about your life. I look forward to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.